Hey everybody, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris and I'll be your online pastor today. We're really glad that you're here from whatever comfortable setting that you find yourself in today. Probably one that you've been in for a while this week, but regardless of the situation, God is still good and God is still in charge. So we're really excited that you're here with us today. And we have a special message by our new interim pastor, Jerome Hancock, who's gonna be sharing the first part in a three-part series today of the Pyramid of Faith. And he's going to be sharing with us a question that usually crosses our minds at some point in our lives about who is God? And so he's going to be talking to us about that today. And I hope that you enjoy the service. One more thing, make sure that you join us in the chat during the course of the service. That's a chance for us to interact and get to know one another, to share prayer requests and to talk during the course of the sermon. And I hope that you really, really feel at home here at Salem Fields. There's a number of ways that you can connect and we hope that you really, really enjoy the service today. Now on 
It was dark, it was cold, there was no light around Everybody had searched, but no one had found The love that only you can provide We were scared, we were lost, we had nowhere to go Not a road was paved, we were out on our child will bow when you call us near Every heart will rejoice cause we won't know your fear We long for the day when you return again You will greet us in our eternal home All the lonely souls no longer alone The sorrow and pain and the hurt and the tears Will live
us pray. Father, we thank you that you are a good God. You are a God that is in control of our entire lives. And we just place our trust in you in these moments, Lord. Father, I pray over all fear, all anxiousness, God, that you would just remove it and that you would just give us a bolder faith, a greater trust in you as we just continue to surrender to you. Continue to seek your word, seek your truth, seek your promise. So God, I just pray for every single person that is listening, that is just engaging in worship right now, God, that they would feel the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, just flood their spirit, flood their homes, God, and that they would just sense that you are for them, you are with them. God, let us just all be encouraged by the fact that you are so very present in our lives, so full of love and grace and mercy. God, and we just embrace in that. We find our confidence and our trust in that and the hope of all that you've given us. So Jesus, we walk in that. We just pray over all the families of this church and every single person that is joining us from out in the community, God. We just pray just a special blessing over them and that your peace will be with them, Lord. We love you. And we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hello, church. It's so great to be with you today. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that everybody is remaining sane at home. And due to this whole virus situation, I hope that you're remaining healthy and safe as well. And we're so glad that you're able to worship with us today. And so though the Salem Fields Community Church building may be closed, the church is not closed because we, the people, are the church. And I want to encourage you to um, continue to give your tithes and offerings. If you are a regular here at Salem Fields or you consider Salem Fields to be your home, um, I want to encourage you to continue to give. And there's a number of ways that you can do that. I want to encourage you to click the button that's on the top of the web page if you're with us online. And you can just click by giving online safely and securely there. Also through the Salem Fields app, which is a very easy way to do that. If you're old school, you can also mail in a check. If that's your thing, we will gladly receive that. And at the bottom of your screen, there'll also be a text to give option to during the service today. And God remains faithful to us, provides for our needs. We really believe that our giving and generosity is a reflection of God's to us. And if you haven't already, I wanna encourage you to check in on social media. It's a great way to let your friends and family and uh, the, all your the people online know that you're worshiping with us today. And you can just let them know that you're at SalemFields.com slash live, they might be encouraged to come and check us out. And you never know what seeds might be planted through that. And if you haven't already too, um, I, I want to encourage you to, to check uh, the like box on Facebook, on our Facebook page, and also on Instagram too, because it's a great way to remain connected to the church, to all the things that are going on, to also connect to with one another, especially through the kind of crazy times that we're in right now. And speaking of ways to connect, the staff have come together to talk about that this week. And we have a bunch of different ways that you can see on the screen that you can remain connected and also grow in your faith during this time. Because we really think that that's an important piece of our relationship with God. You'll see things going on every single day of the week, whether that's through an online prayer gathering, through Zoom or a lunch break option. The student ministry, they're going to be continuing doing Journey online on our Instagram and Facebook and also through YouTube. 
YouTube, lots of different ways that you can remain connected. And also just bring to your attention on Friday night, this coming Friday night, we're gonna have a, a team trivia night that's also gonna be online. So look forward to some updates on how to get connected for that. And also here at Salem Fields, if you didn't know, we have a learning center, which uh, serves children in our community and our family. And just to let you know, during these times, the learning center is going to remain open for essential personnel families. So for children of essential personnel, we have an okay from the state to do that. So if you are an essential personnel, if you're here with us worshiping and you need a place for your kids to go during the day, I wanna encourage you to reach out to learningcenter at salemfields.com. There, uh, there will be a waived registration fee, and it's a great way for your kids to be cared for um, in a safe environment during this time. And another way to uh, remain connected here and to also do some outreach and really serve our community, especially our first responders and, and essential personnel, uh, we're going to be asking you to create some gift bags. This is a great way for your family to connect and to help those uh, that just need some encouragement during this time. Some people working in the grocery stores and banks. And, and really putting their some nurses and staff that are putting their lives on the line uh, to serve us. So uh, we're going to have a list of stuff that you can collect and also just create a bag for, whether that's some candies or cards or just be creative and to create little bags for that. And we also will have some some cards for you to stop by the church and pick up that you can just fill out that will have a note of encouragement on that as you deliver those. And you can just stay in touch. We'll be sending out an e-news update this coming week about some of those things that you can remain connected with. There's a connection card button at the top of your screen if you're worshiping with us online that you can also click for any prayer requests and also any care needs that if you know someone that's in need of pastoral care or anything that we can be aware of and to support as a church, we want you to connect that way. And one last thing, there's going to be a congregational meeting uh, this Monday at seven o'clock. Um, and the way that we're going to do that is that you can tune in here at salemfields.com slash live or through the or through the Salem Fields app. And so we're going to have the, the church board as well as Pastor Jerome uh, present to answer any and all questions that you have. So you can tune in at seven o'clock on Monday night, Monday night, and it'll be a great chance to just interact and also to get to know Pastor Jerome a little little bit better. And so we're so grateful and privileged to have Pastor Jerome with us as our interim pastor. He has a powerful message to share with us about the pyramid of faith. And I want you to um, really enjoy this time together. Enjoy the time, whether with family and friends and also through the chat that you're experiencing online as we draw together as a church and as a community to continue to worship God in the midst of this time. start before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light. And as you speak, a Galaxies are born in the 
Uncertain times. <laughs> We're certainly in them, aren't we? But I have good news for you, and I know what, you know what it is. In fact, I pray you know what it is. There's a great God, and He is with us. And I'm certain of that, and I'm thankful that I am. My name is Jerome Hancock, and they've asked me to serve as the interim pastor following the 25 wonderful years of ministry of Pastors Buddy and Gay Marston. They're my friends. I love them. And I know you're going to miss them, 
but I pray that you will just pull together and know that God has plans for us as we move forward. And I already say us. I already feel a part of things here at Salem Fields. I've known this great church since way back. Pastor Marston, both Buddy and Gay have been good friends of mine for about 32 years now. And so I know about their journey here at Salem Fields and I love what's happened here. The church I pastored in Richmond, Virginia and Salem Fields often paralleled in their accomplishments and in their moving forward. We relocated in September of 99. You relocated in November of 99. We just had a lot of parallels going on and so I've always been kept in the loop of what's happening here and I'm thankful for really the tremendous growth and impact of ministry that's happened at Salem Salem Fields across the years, and I just believe we've just got started. I believe God has even greater things ahead for us. So I want to take a moment and greet you and also let you know a little bit about me. And I just want you to know, first of all, I love the Lord and I love people and I do feel called to be here. I'm not just here because I need a job. I'm old and even though the economy is going a little haywire, I think my social security check will keep coming in. Uh, who knows? But I just know that God's in control. I really am here because God has laid it on my heart to be the interim pastor and to help us through these trying times. Not only because of the transition, but also because of the coronavirus. And I know that all of you recognize that we need to do our best to keep that as low in its transmission rate as possible. And so probably everybody is kind of huddled up somewhere. And I know you're getting tired of getting huddled up. But I hope that you know that God's with you and where two or three of us huddle up together, God's there. In fact, you can have some good meetings with God in your own house. And I hope you will have some good house church during this time. I grew up in the church. I've told people I had a drug problem when I was a kid. Every time the doors of the church were open, my parents drugged me through them. And that really is the way I got started. And uh, I'm thankful for the way I was raised. But in my teenage years and later teenage years, I got away from God and kind of messed myself up. But then I settled it when I was 19. I got desperate. God was there. He hadn't left me. And folks, I just want you to know, no matter what you think you've done, where you think you are, God knows it. And he still loves you. And if you'll just turn to him, he will forgive, restore. And it's amazing how he takes the broken pieces and puts them together like the old song and makes something beautiful out of them again. You can trust him on that. He did that in my life and I began to say yes to his will, felt called to the mission field. And then I met this beautiful girl. Oh my, Brenda Lane from Grenada, Mississippi. And I look forward to you getting a chance to meet Brenda. We've been married now for 49 years. She also, we found out later in our dating process, she was called to the mission field. So that's what we prepared for. She got ready to be a nurse. I got ready to be a kind of a preacher. And I, back in those days, I could do sports. I know I don't look like a sports person. I used to really play basketball until I turned into one. And so then I gave up on it. But uh, I really played sports and music. And so we felt like with all of that, we could go in the mission field and do something good for the kingdom as God would use us. But he just kind of moved us to associate pastorate in Virginia and then out in Kansas. I worked with music and youth and I love teenagers and children. 
and they still are just the delight in my heart to see a church, and we have it here at Salem Fields. We got kids. We got children, Miss Rainey and Miss Lindsay, doing a great job taking care of our kids, and we want to celebrate that we've got life around Salem Fields. And then I'm so thankful for Pastor Tone and the work he's doing with our teenagers, and they're doing some great stuff and interacting with each other and loving God. We're blessed people to have children and teens. So I love children and teens, and that was deep in me. And then God called me to pastor a church. And I didn't know what in the world all that meant, but I began to learn out in Texas and pastored two churches out there and then moved to Richmond, Virginia, and was there for 28 years as pastor. Now I've been retired for five years, and I have done three other interim pastorates for seven months in Leesburg, Virginia, nine months in Charlottesville, Virginia, and 13 months in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, then for the last almost two years, not quite, two years, my wife and I have gotten to take trips and we've gotten to go places with our family and do things. And God's worked a lot of miracles in our lives and we've had a blessed time. God's good. And then Dr. Fuller asked me to come here and we really felt in our heart we should. And so that's what brings us here now. We have three sons who've also grown up in the church. They have wonderful wives. We have eight grandchildren. Our boys love the Lord. Two are in ministry in Richmond, and one is pastor out in Wheelersburg, Ohio. And uh, we just pray for our family, we want our grandkids to be mighty men and mighty women of God. And I encourage you, if any of your grandparents, pray that way. And if your parents, pray that way and show them the way to live for Jesus. So it's good to be here. I pray that you feel called to do whatever you do. If you're working at the store or you're working at the school, you're working at the factory, wherever you work, I pray that you feel called to be there. I pray that if you're retired, you feel called to interact with some people. You feel called. If I get to feel called, if ministers get to feel called of God, why doesn't everybody get to feel called? I'm a father. I think I ought to treat all my kids the same way. And so if I get called, you ought to get called. And so I want to encourage you to say, Lord... Show me exactly what you want me to do. I'm so thankful. I know he will. Well, as I get started, as opportunity to get to know you and work here with you to see how God wants to move us forward, I want us to pray. Dear Lord, I'm so glad I'm not just talking into the air. I'm glad you're hearing what I'm saying. My Heavenly Father, right here, right now. And I'm so thankful, Lord, that you know what's going on at Salem Fields Church of the Nazarene. You know what's going on in Spotsylvania County. You know what's going on all across our state, our nation, and our world. None of this has caught you by surprise. We may be in uncertain times, but we certainly know we have a God who can take care of us. And so we rejoice in that. So lead us on, O King Eternal. Guide us. May we follow exactly where you want us to go. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And I want you to know I'm also praying for each one of you. I may not know you personally, but I'm praying for the people of Salem Fields Community Church that you will have God's blessing, that you will know He's with you, that when the fears come and bother you, you'll just know that He's right there with you. You see, we are about the things of the church of God. But all people... We're not the only ones who have a word that we use a lot. That's called faith. Prime word around the church is really faith. 
We're in the Christian faith. But you know, faith can't be proven. Nobody can prove their faith, and everybody has a faith upon which they are building their lives. The question is, will your faith stand up against the pressures of life and the pressures of death? Think about it. As a pastor across the years, I found out that people think the most clearly during funerals. That's when their minds understand what really counts. Life, family, love, and preparedness for death. What do I believe about this wall we call death? So I want my faith to hold up. I remember when I was dating girls before I got married, and uh, a friend of mine went on a double date one night. He had his girlfriend, had mine, and we were stupid college kids, and we were driving through this city park, and it had a, a large pond, pretty big one, way bigger than this auditorium, and uh, it just had frozen over, and for some crazy reason, we thought it would be cool to walk across the ice to the other side. So we told the girls, y'all go around, we'll meet you on the other side. <laughs> I don't know, don't ask me. All I know is we start out across that pond and we got out there about 20 feet and all of a sudden we heard crack, crinkle, all the ice, we could hear it. It scared us to death. We started going, you know, we never did put our weight on it again. You know how you, you think you're not putting your weight on it? And we got across the other side, but I'm telling you what, I learned a big lesson. I don't like being on thin ice. And I certainly don't want to build my whole life on thin ice of some flimsy faith that my friend gave me a piece of and the bartender gave me a piece of and the drunk down the road gave me a piece of and the failure at the other place gave me a piece of and some guy, because he has a month, some money and a Maserati, gave me a piece of and I put this little thing together and said, that's a good one for me to live my life on. Baloney. Let's find a faith that'll hold up under the pressures of life and death. That's why I believe in my life I have God's leadership across the years has helped me to build what I call a pyramid of faith. And so today I'm going to talk about the first level of that pyramid. Is there a God? Next week we'll talk about the second layer of that pyramid. What does God look like? And then we'll talk about on Easter Sunday, we'll talk about the third point of that pyramid. What does God want? What's the point of all this? What's he want from me? And I want you to think about it. Do you know the answers to those questions deep in your own heart? Because that's what the real issue is. Do you have it? Do you get it? See, one of the things in my ministry, I just want you to know people across the years in the churches where I went, they paid me money. You guys are paying me a little bit of money too to do this job, to do this assignment, this ministry. I want you to know you may pay me but I believe this stuff. I'm not just here because of some salary thing. I'm here because I believe that there's a great God. And I believe that he has plans for our lives. I believe he's with us. And you need to be able to say deep in your spirit, that world may be falling apart, but I believe my God's in control. It will change everything when you know that. So I want you to start at the base level. I heard years ago, that the legendary coach, Vince Lombardi, when he came in one season to his team, 
He walked in. You got to keep in mind, these are seasoned football players. They, they've been playing since Biddy League, you know, all the way up through. They, they know stuff. They made it to the pros. And they're sitting there, and the coach walks in the first day of practice. He holds up the ball and says, men, this is a football. Duh. But the point was, he said, I'm going to get back to basics. We're going to build this team from the ground up. And we're going to start by understanding what this is and then what the next step is and the next until we've built something that's strong and will not shake under the pressures of game time. So it is in our lives. We need to have our faith so put together and so built that it won't crunch, crumble, and come apart in the pressures of daily life. So I want to challenge you today. Come along with me and think about your faith. You see, the first question of faith is, is there a God? Yes, no. I mean, this is not a multiple choice. This is just one answer or the other. Is there a God? Yes or no? Think about it. Now you say, well, here I am. I'm watching you on the screen or I'm listening somehow. Hey, folks, that doesn't make you a Christian. That doesn't really mean you believe there's God. You see, if you don't believe it enough to live it, you don't believe it. And so you got to get real. Do you really believe that there is a God in heaven? Do you really believe that? You know, we hear the secular opinion of the world versus the spiritual thoughts of people of the faith. We hear the reason. You know, people want to be so reasonable. I want to have a reasonable faith. And then we hear what religion has to say. And by the way, I'm not too big on religion. I'm more about what God wants, which is relationship. And so I want to encourage you to keep that relationship with God up to date. We hear what the world says. You know, the world tears down all the thoughts and processes of the church. And then the church says we should live a certain way. Why? Because we're looking to God. So we have this constant tension. But there are three things I want to point out in this debate or this thought or this concept of is there a God? First of all, there's logic. Just good old down-to-earth human intelligence, reason, observation, logic. Some people say, well, I can't accept the biblical version of the Bible because it rejects modern science. And science has it all figured out and says it's millions of years, and that Bible here says six days. Hey, now we're not going to go into this real deep, but just suffice it to say, God is not under any time constraints. Time is a, it's a method or a tool for man. God is outside of time. And so when he created the world, if he did it in six seconds, six hours, six according to our measurements, or six years or six bazillion years, what it would appear to us is just totally askew because remember what the Bible says? One day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. We have no idea what time is relative to God. We only know it relative to us and we came way late in the creation story if you recall what Genesis 1 says. So we need to think, can all of this be just some kind of accident? See that's the only choice. If there's no God it's an accident. If there is a God there's a plan. We were created. How does that make you feel, to be created or to be an accident? Think what it means 
when you choose one of the other. Basic issue of all, can it be an accident? I like Pascal's wager. Pascal, French philosopher. His wager was, if you say there is not a God and you die and there is not a God, you win nothing. Beek, it's over. If you say there is not a God and there is a God and you die, you lose everything. But if you say there is a God and you die and there is a God, you win everything. And so I want to challenge you today. Think about what it means to logically accept the fact that there is a God. Genesis 1.1 says it pretty clearly. I love it. In the beginning, God. And then I love the next word too, created. In the beginning, God created. The second thing that we would look at would be science, the study of our universe, the world, and life. The second law of thermodynamics, some of you probably know this. Basically, in the scientific study, they have a method of study, and they have some rules lined out. And the second law of one of the studies says, things naturally flow from a higher level to a lower level. That makes sense. Things roll down a hill, not up a hill. Water goes from hotter to colder. It doesn't just get hotter unless there is an outside agent making it get hotter. But in its own situation, just sitting there, it'll get cooler. But scientific theory then would come on to us and say, yes, but in the case of the universe, it all evolved from a mess and turned into complexity. It all moved up from uh, uh, just a big bang, a big explosion, and became what it is today. And I just think about it. And by the way, I'll just say right off the bat, I'm from West Virginia. If you haven't figured that out yet, I'm from West Virginia. And all my jokes, just about all my jokes are West Virginia jokes. It's not because I don't like West Virginia. It's because I are one. And so when I tell it, nobody can say, you're being politically incorrect. And so I just want to let you know, they're all West Virginia jokes. And so I'll tell you how this little theory here of everything coming from nothing into complexity by no direction, by accident. That's like in West Virginia, we had a tornado recently that went through the area where I grew up. And they say it did $20 million worth of improvements. We wouldn't believe that. We would laugh at that. But we don't laugh when scientists say all that we know just happened. It was the evolutionary process. You know, I really don't have much problem with some level of evolution. Not with the man becoming suddenly who we are, but with overall, we see it in our world. Things change, they evolve. I don't have any problem with that as long as it's God-directed evolution. But accidental evolution just doesn't seem to fit with me because it had to start somewhere and the beginning of it at least is always an accident unless there's a creator. So I want you to think when people tell you this is the way it is. In fact, Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and His divine nature have been clearly seen. He's saying, you just look at the world around you, it's clear there's a God. 
anybody, we would say in West Virginia, with half sense in one eye can see that. And so I want to challenge you. It goes on to say, you can see and know God from what has been made. Just look at it. Look at a baby and say there is no God. So those people have no excuse. They are without excuse. And so I want to encourage you, don't fall in with the people who doubt God's existence just because you don't quite understand it. There are a lot of things I don't understand, but I still believe them. You know, I don't understand how light works. I've studied it a lot, but I don't really understand light waves. I certainly don't understand electricity. In fact, I've talked to a lot of smart people who've majored in that kind of stuff, and they can't really describe to you what's happening in an electronic flow of how the little electrons do their thing and all that and where they go and what happens and how they keep moving. They, they can talk all around the philosophy of it, but to describe it is beyond their ability. And so I want to encourage you to understand we're in a complex world, an amazing world. You have to decide accident or creation. And the third thing that really gets me along with logic and science is self-esteem. I want you to think about what it means. Your personal significance, what you mean, how you matter, your purpose, what you're here for, and your future, your eternal destiny. Are you just going to live a few years and die? If there's no God, if there's no creator, you're an accident. So your very existence is an accident. And you really have no meaning. Well, I have to tell you, I, I just have too much self-esteem, I guess. I just can't live with that. I can't imagine living this life with its fears and its pains and its hurt and its turmoil and believe that I have no meaning. There's no reason for me to be here. There's no reason for me to care for you. There's no reason for us to care for each other. All of our little attempts at love with our family is really just a big waste of time because none of us mean anything because we're not just the accident. We're about 500 million times down from the accident. We're just way low on the accident total pole. On this little dob of dirt called earth, and we're so small, we're like amoeba crawling around on a marble. If there's no God, if there's no God, where is self-esteem? Where is any meaning or purpose? I don't want to live like that. Psalm 14.1 says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And you know why that is so true? Because if there's no God, he's an accident. And he's a fool to even think and propose that he knows anything about whether there's a God. Because he's an accident and there's no real purpose to it at all. I want you to realize this is not a place to exist. For if there's no God, he really is a fool. He's an accident. And if there is a God and he's saying there is not, he really is a fool because he's kind of shaking his fist at the almighty God who holds it on the palm of his hand. That's pretty foolish if you ask me. So let's get back to basics. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. How about you? Do you believe in God? Do you? Are you and all those that you love just accidents? Or are you and all the people around you created children of a loving God who has an eternal purpose and future for your lives? 
You see, you can live without meaning and purpose if you choose. But I'm here to remind you today. I want to remind you that there is a God who holds the universe in the palm of his hand. And he loves you so much. He's not just willing to die for you. He has died for you. He has died for you on a cross out of his great love for you. He doesn't want you to spend eternity away from him. He wants to draw you into his kingdom and let you know the joys of heaven forever. Where the Bible says our eyes have never seen, our ears have never heard. We can't even imagine what God has prepared for people who love him. Woo! I'm glad glad for that. I'm going to stick with that one. And by the way, my leader came out of the grave. And until you get somebody who can talk on a higher plane than that, I'm going to stick with him. Praise the Lord. Easter Sunday is just two weeks away. We may not be able to get together for church, but we're going to have church and celebrate he is risen from the dead. He's alive. He's with us. He loves us. He's got plans for us. I'm not alone in the middle of the coronavirus. I'm not alone in the middle of the financial chaos of this world. I'm not alone because Jesus is with me. He holds my hand. He loves me. He cares. He's got plans for my life. Woo! Hallelujah. You got something better? Well, you just go for it. But I'm telling you what, if you understand what I'm talking about, then you go for it. You give it all you got. You say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I will serve you because you love me and I believe it and I'm going to love you. With all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are crazy, frightening days for us little human beings. It really is a crazy time. My wife and I have our savings, you know, and things. We've tried to figure out how to make it through retirement and to watch every day. It just goes, tinkle, 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 tinkle. You know? And then I got my, uh, my son and his wife and granddaughter living at our house because they sold theirs. And they're living with us for a few months while they get theirs figured out and, and get their new house lined up and everything. And uh, so my granddaughter's home from college living there. She's about to go cabin fever crazy. You know I mean, she's just bouncing off the walls to go do something and is trapped. And yet she's afraid to go out and do anything because the coronavirus. And they're watching those numbers creep up and all the kind of ways that the media can build it up. And I know it's a serious thing and we need to understand how to keep the social distancing and keep the level of the spread of this down. But at the same time, we need to be at peace knowing my little hand is in God's big hand and I can trust that he's going to see me through it. When I was a little kid, my dad pastored a church in Huntington, West Virginia. I tell people, this thing was old. I mean, it was old. We bought it from the Methodists. The Methodists had bought it from the Presbyterians. The Presbyterians had bought it from the Episcopalians. And the Episcopalians had bought it from the Indians. I mean, it was old. We had bats. Not making this part up at all. The bats flew in on Sunday night and hung on the rafters. It was a creepy old place. And my job on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights about 9 o'clock was at age 9 to go walk back through the educational wing, the Sunday school classrooms and everything, turn off lights and flush commodes. I didn't mind the, those two things. It was just that it was dark and creepy. Scared me. I'm down back in there, a little 9-year-old kid by myself, scared to death. One time I opened the door to check on the room and... <laughs> A bat flew right past my face and like to scared me to death. And I just walked through there. I try to whistle while you work and everything I could think of. But you know, when my dad would come and go with me, I didn't have any of that. 
it was the same place, the same possibility of the bat flying out, the same darkness, but dad was there. And fear was gone. You understand what I'm talking about here? You can choose to live without God if you want to. But I'm here to remind you, there's a great God who loves you. Says, son, daughter, just put your little hand in my big hand. Walk with me. Trust me. I'll go with you. When the water is deep, it won't go over your head. When the fire's hot, it won't burn you up. When the world's trying to press you into its mold, I'll set you free. Trust me. And I want to say, yes, Father God. Yes, Abba Father. Yes, Daddy God. I'll go where you want me to go. I just want to hold on to your hand and see what you got in store. I pray you're living right there. Let me read you his words. Let me read you God's word. He loves you. It's, this whole book is love letters to you and to me. And listen to what he says in Isaiah 41.10. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. I'm with you. This is the God of the universe. Don't fear. I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. <laughs> and you believe that today? I am your God. And I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Woo! Charge hell with a water gun. If you're going to go with me, God, praise the Lord. That's the God I serve. You believe in him? That's the base of my pyramid of faith. Yep, there is a God. And he loves me like no one ever loved me. He's with me when nobody else can help me out. He's with me when everybody else is around. He's with me in everything I face. And I love him. You at peace with God today? Life where you just bow your head. The first step on building your pyramid of faith is to make that decision. Is there a God? Can I ask you right now, what's God in your life? Is the God I've been talking about your God or do you have other stuff? Maybe you've made money, your God. Maybe you've made stuff, your God. Maybe you've made sex, your God. Maybe you've made drugs or alcohol, your God. Maybe you've made other things, your God. Chasing after a career, your God. Will you examine your heart today? What do you really want to have? Do you want to have meaning and significance for eternity or you want to just have some stuff for a moment? The Bible says, yep, there's pleasure in sin for a season. That means, yep, there's pleasure in sin for a little bit. But after that, there's judgment. Will you trust the Lord today? Think about it. Use your big, your big person brain, you know. Use your grown-up brain and think it through right now. Accident? Well, just do whatever. You don't matter. Created? Hey, woo. Purpose, meaning, value. And he died for you. You know, if the God of the universe is willing to die for little old me, Little old you, we must be worth something we don't even understand. Even with our Christian heritage and the Bible and all, we, there was something going on so much bigger than all we understand that it's going to be mind-blowing when we get to heaven and find out what it's all about.
God was willing to come to this little daub of dirt called earth and die for us? Think about it. He loves you. I'm going to pray and then I want you to think about it as a song is played. Maybe you'd respond on the screen there. You'd touch the right places and respond in some way to let us know your decision about God and your decision about following Him and how we can help you. Lord, bless every person. Speak to their hearts and help them to have that spirit that says, yes, God, I'm going to trust you. In the middle of all of my problems, fears, the pandemic, finances, everything, I want to trust you most of all that you'll love me, you'll forgive my sins. <laughs> no matter how bad I feel like I've gotten, you're here with me. Hallelujah. Speak to folks, Lord. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you Friends, if you've been listening to the voice of God, I'm sure you've said some things to the Lord. He said some things to you. So I pray that you'll make commitments 
and know that he's already made overwhelming commitment to you and just trust him. Let us know how we can help you. All kinds of ways to get your responses into the church. Right there on the website, through social media, all kinds of ways. In fact, this week we're going to have a ton of stuff. Our staff's been working overtime to find ways to connect with you. We have awesome staff here at Salem Fields, and they are concerned to stay in connection with you. And so they've got things like tomorrow afternoon, a deep dive into what we've been talking about in this message. Is there a God? And we really want to talk about that. And and so I know maybe getting on some of these platforms is a little new to some, but you can do it. Get a young person to show you how. That's what I do. And so I know it'll help you. And we'll come together. And it's amazing how Zoom and Facebook and different platforms allow us to get together. Praise God. So stay tuned in. Tell somebody about it. These services will be streamed all through the week at various times. So, uh, you, I mean, available actually, not even just streamed. You can just click on them later in the week. And I hope that you will... Uh, show somebody and how they can get involved and uh, keep loving Jesus. Look for ways to serve people and be the church in today's world, even in the middle of the virus. Man, let's, let's spread Jesus, okay? I'm infected. How about you? Let's give it to somebody. Let's give Jesus to those around us. He loves them. We love them. And big things are going to happen. God bless you. Good to be with you today. Well, thanks so much for joining us today here at Salem Fields Community Church. It's been so great to worship with you, and I hope that you enjoyed the service. I hope that Pastor Jerome's words really spoke to your heart today. And remember, if there's anything that we can do for you, any way that we can help you here at Salem Fields, don't hesitate to reach out. You can just contact us at info at salemfields.com, and we'll be sure to get in touch with you about any of your needs, whether it's material or otherwise. And so thanks so much for joining us. Um, one more thing, make sure that you connect with us this week. We mentioned a couple of opportunities for you to connect, whether in groups or join us on Facebook Live. Our student ministry and our children's ministry have a lot of great stuff to offer, some great resources, and even just some fun that's going on in our community. So connect with us on social media, watch our webpage, and we hope to see you again for worship next week. Take care. <music>